Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. I want to invite you to open your Bibles to the book of 2 Kings, to the second chapter. The book of 2 Kings, the second chapter. So good to see everybody in the house of the Lord today. Appreciate you coming, being a part of MPC. Amen. Now, I, I am, I'm well aware that there are flakes flying outside, and I want everybody to be safe. But I am going to preach till I'm done. Is that all right? Praise God. Or till the Lord's finished with me. <laughs> Praise God. And after you learn my title today, you may be saying hallelujah now, but you may say, oh, me afterwards. But 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9, And it came to pass, when they'd gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee, before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing, nevertheless, if thou see me when I'm taken from thee, if thou see me when I'm taken from thee, it shall be also unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven, and Elisha saw it and cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel, and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah and fell from, that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had smoked, smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. I want to talk to you this morning about the power of patience. <clears throat> the power of patience. Praise God. Lord, I ask, dear Lord, today that you would help me. Lord, you know my heart, you know my soul, my thoughts. Let them be in tune with you today. I pray, Lord, that I would re receive from you as these people need to receive from you today. Let it be, Lord Jesus, in honor of you, your word, your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody say amen. God bless you. You can be seated. We're talking about the power of patience. One of the difficulties sometime of living this life is that it's a faith walk, not a sight walk, not an experience walk. It's a faith walk. The writer of Romans says in 1 and 17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. You can't understand everything about God and his righteousness in a moment. It's from faith to faith. It's from walk to walk. It's from experience to experience. The path of the faith is the path of the justified. The walk of the redeemed is a walk of faith, believing, 
It's not a walk of feeling, but a walk of faith. We don't walk by success or even fruitfulness, but by faith. We don't pursue more of God by sight, but by faith. Matter of fact, Paul said, for we walk by faith and not by sight in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. The writer of Hebrews in 11 and 8 said, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go, God called him to go out into a place which he should, after receive for inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. Can you imagine that conversation? Hey, Abe, where are you going? I don't know. You're leaving when? Well, next Tuesday we're out. Where are you going? I don't know. The Lord said to go. That looks foolish. That looks silly. And people today will say, you're believing God for this? Yeah. Well, how do you know? I don't know. You're going to walk for the Lord and live for the Lord? and that That's crazy. You're going to act like that and look like that and be like that? That's ridiculous. Oh, well, I, that's all I know is that God said go, and here I go. Here I go. <clears throat> Abraham wasn't a perfect man. Neither was his faith perfect, but it was progressive. Let me just say this. Your faith don't have to be perfect. You don't have to understand it all or it wouldn't, wouldn't be faith, would it? Our faith must not necessarily be then per- perfect, but it ought to be progressive. It ought to be that we're growing. It ought to be that we're pursuing. The walk of faith is going forward, not knowing. It's pursuing when you cannot see. It is pursuing when you cannot feel. The walk of faith is, is then filled with unexpected turns and twists and tests and, 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 and things that you can't see ahead of time. The path is, is, uh, is dotted with obstacles and challenges and delays and, and, and the fresh anointing that we crave sometime and the touch that we need sometime and the anointing that we desperately need can seem to be so far away because we're just walking by faith. It's going from one step to another. Let me uh, uh, remind you again from the writer of the Hebrews that said in 10 and 35, cast not away therefore your confidence which hath great recompense of reward. What is he saying? He said, don't throw it away. Don't give up. Don't throw away your faith. Don't throw away your confidence because if you'll hold on to that faith, you have got a great reward coming your way. Amen. I believe we're living in an hour that the enemy is constantly bombarding the the, the people of faith with give up, quit. You ought to throw the towel in. You You ought to quit. But I think we need to look at the next verse says, for ye have need of patience. Uh huh. It choked me up, didn't it? You have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. You have need of patience. How how would you like for somebody to tell you that, man? Don't give up. Don't give in. You got need of patience. Don't throw the towel in. Don't quit. You just need patience. I'd want to punch that dude. I need patience. What do you mean I'm patient? I've been looking around for years. I've gone through this. I've gone through that. I'm walking by faith. I'm going not knowing. I'm living this life. And he says, you need patience. But if you'll back up and begin to look at what that word means, it means steadfast endurance. What you need is steadfast.
best endurance. I've come to talk to you today about the power of consistency, the power of just staying at it, the power of patience when you don't feel it, when you don't see it, amen, when you can't look around you and say, well, wow, this is happening. I'm in a great move of God or look at the miracles. No, you just keep walking anyway by faith because he said don't cast away your confidence because if you have patience, you'll receive the promise. Somebody ought to thank the Lord today. Jump down to verse 39 of Hebrews 10 and it says, For we're not of them that draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Here's the message. Don't go back. Believe. Amen. Walk by faith. Don't quit. Keep believing in the thing you cannot see and the thing you cannot feel. Don't uh, 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 just simply say, I'm going to quit going, but... I'm going to go when I even don't know because I can't afford to cast away my confidence. I need patience. I need the steadfast endurance that says I'll withstand hardships. Jesus said in your patience, in your steadfast endurance, ye possess your soul. Hallelujah. That's what it's about. If I want to get to the promise, I've got to have some patience. I've got to have some endurance. I've got to put up with some things and overcome some things. It's not going to come to me on a, on a bed of ease. It's going to come by the power of persistent walking with God and staying at it even when I don't understand. <coughs> Let's look at the story of Elijah and Elisha and their great connection. Elijah is the Tishbite who explodes on the history of the Jewish page. We find that his message was not one of, of uh, he would not fit into today's televangelist uh, uh, um kind of motivational speaker. He was crude. He was crash. It was so much the point that when John the Baptist showed up, they said, here's Elijah. Here's Elijah. <clears throat> the very first message he preached was before the wicked king Ahab. Can you imagine the very first message that a guy preaches was standing before a wicked president? No names given standing before Ahab, and here's what he does. If you look at his life just in a capsulized way, you will find that he prophesied and said, it's not going to rain except by my words, and it didn't. You'll find that he survives with being fed by the birds, the first, very first delivery system. I doubt he had an app for that, but anyway, the birds came and, and took care of him at the brook, and then the widow's oil and meal never ran out during the famine. We find that during this time, he raised the widow's son to life. Then he calls down fire on top of Mount Carmel, and he prays, and it rains again. Now he's running from Jezebel and throws himself a pity party. Does that sound like some of us? We're shouting on Sunday. We're running the aisles and excited about what God is doing and believe like we could go tackle all of hell and every demon that shows his face. And just a little few days later, we're running from one woman. 
Oh, I got it so bad. You, you actually read the story. It, you'll find that Elijah winds up under a juniper tree and begins a pity party and talking about how bad it is. If you study what a juniper tree is, a juniper tree is a very small tree that only has enough shade for one person. He throws a pity party just for himself. Look how bad I got it. Look what I'm going through. Oh, God, there's not even anybody else that believes this truth anymore. Nobody else is walking holy. Nobody else is talking holy. Nobody else wants to have revival but me. Nobody's calling fire down but me. Nobody else can do this but me. And now I'm running for my life. What am I up to? Oh, God. Pull your thumb out of your mouth there, Elijah, just for a little bit, because God got something he wants to talk to you about. He wants to tell you, I've got 7,000 that's never bowed a knee to Bell. You're not the only one. You're not the only one. You're not the only one. Hear me today that's going through what you're going through. You're not the only one that has had the hardships that you've had. You're not the only one that stood up for righteousness and stood up for holiness and stood up for the things of God. God's got plenty that haven't. Amen. And so the Lord began to look at Elijah and his pity party, can I tell you that it doesn't matter if I shout on Sunday, if I'm sucking my thumb by Thursday. I didn't say you. Praise be to God. Lord, I'm the only one left. Then he says, the Lord got a hold of Elijah and he said to him in 1 Kings 19 and 17, it'll come to pass. He said, what I want you to do is I want you to anoint the next generation. For the Lord had told him in, in, in verse 9, he said, I want you to anoint Hezekiah king over Syria. I want you to anoint Jehu king over Israel. And I want you to anoint Elisha to take your place. In verse 17 then of 1 Kings 19, it says, And it shall come to pass, the one that escapes the sword of Hezel shall Jehu slay. And him that escapeth the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. What is he saying to pity party throwing Elijah? What is he saying to him? Listen. You go get somebody else and anoint somebody else. I, I believe it's time to pass the torch to another generation. I want you to give somebody else a, a fresh anointing, amen, so that they could go forward. And he finds <clears throat> Elisha plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, amen. He finds Elisha that's working, and he gets the oil. And uh, uh, We find that he, he throws the mantle rather over uh, 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 Elisha, when Elisha feels that mantle, he feels the anointing, as it were, from a, a, he knew what he was saying. He knew exactly what he was saying when he threw the mantle over him. Your next bug, tag, you're it. It's coming your turn. The anointing that Elisha experienced with the touch of the mantle was so powerful, he left his occupation and changed his direction. Elisha's first calling was to be a servant. God instructed Elijah to anoint Elisha, the son of Sphat, to be the prophet in his room. The phrase to be a prophet in his room literally means to be in the bottom, to be below, to be underneath, to humble. I want Elisha didn't, didn't feel the mantle calling one day and start prophesying the next. No, but he rose and went after Elijah and ministered to him for 10 years. 
For 10 years, he sat under the teaching and the tutelage of Elisha for 10 years. Amen. I, 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 I believe there's a message in there. And, and, and let, let's think about that. We sometimes want to rush to our promise, but there's power in your patience. Elisha had patience to endure. Amen. And so something is about to happen at the end of that 10-year time. Elijah begins to tell everybody, I'm about to depart. I'm about to leave. Amen. Something is about to take place. Pick up the reading, 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 1. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Everybody follow the, the, the progression here. It went, for, went with Elijah from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophet that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou the Lord will take away thy master from your head today? He said, Yeah, I know it. Hold your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho, and the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said, Tarry, I pray thee, here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, As though the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. What was he doing? He was saying to God and saying to the prophet Elijah, I am going to persevere. I'm going to stay with you because I've got my eye on something. I've got my eye on a greater anointing. I've got my eye on a greater move of God in my life. And how am I going to get that? By the power of patience. Through enduring. I'm going over here to Bethel. Oh, I'm not going to be here long. I'm going to go down to Jordan. I'm going to leave from Gilgal and go to Bethel. I'm going to go from Bethel to Jordan. What are you doing, Elijah? He's testing, I believe, the prophet. Amen. That's in his, in his stead. The one that's going to follow him and say, do you have patience? Can you hold on long enough till your opportunity comes? You've been with me for 10 years, not prophesied, not seen one miracle. Can you hold on a little bit longer? There's some of us, if God doesn't work like we think he ought to work and how he ought to work, I'm preaching to us today. Then I, I, here's what we do. We say, well, I guess I, 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 that's not for me. I guess I'll quit. I guess I'll give up. No, it's your patience time. It's time to be steadfast and endure hardship because if you hang on, something's about to take place. Let me, let me dive a little deeper into this journey. The first step, first stop is Bethel. Everybody say Bethel. You know what Bethel means? The house of God. Bethel has a tremendous spiritual heritage. After returning from Egypt, Abraham stopped at this location and according to Genesis 13, he again called on the name of the Lord at Bethel. Here, Jacob, on his way to Beersheba to Haran, had a vision of angels of God ascending and descending on the ladder. 
It is, it is the place where he returned later and, and he said, we find that God talked to him there and visited with him there. It is a place where he built an altar and he called it El Bethel. Amen. The house of God. But over the years, something happened to the inhabitants of Bethel. Jeroboam set up a golden calf and it soon be that the people had given themselves over to idolatry and worshiping the golden calf. The house of God had become the house of idolatry. It is as if Elijah is saying to Elisha, here we are at backslidden Bethel and they need a move of God. What are you going to do about it? Stay here. Stay here at Bethel. An entire generation had been lost to skepticism and scoffing and mocking and robbing their children of their spiritual roots. Now, you stay here and take care of that. He looks around where God had already sent a spokesman to Bethel to prophesy against Jeroboam's idolatry. The prophet had cried, Jeroboam, your golden calf is coming down. And immediately the idol fell from the altar, spilling ash. And when Jeroboam saw it, he reached out to strike the prophet, but suddenly his hand was paralyzed. Yet in spite of that, they still didn't repent. In spite of that, they didn't turn to God. They continue in their evil ways. Here you go, Elisha. Deal with Bethel. I want you to deal with Bethel. I want you to take care. Stay here. I'm going down over here to, to, to Jordan. And he said, no, as long as you're alive, I'm going to stay with you. Amen. I'm not going to even start a new ministry endeavor. I'm not going to try something new. I'm going to stay with you. And so they get to Jericho. And when they get to Jericho, which means a pleasant place, it's got a good view. <clears throat> the weather's nice in Jericho. The only problem is that everything is dead because of poison water. Water. The pleasant place had now become barren because the water had been polluted and poisoned. Everything withered because of this situation. The poison that flowed was, was just simply killing everything. So what are you going to do about it? You just stay here with the sons of the prophet. I'm going to go on. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm staying with you. Oh, when they get to the Jordan side, on the other side of Jordan, Elisha, Elijah, you will find that he said, what would you want from me? It wasn't in Bethel that he asked that. It wasn't in Jericho that he asked that. It wasn't at the Jordan that he asked that. But as he persevered and as he walked with patience, then Elijah looked at Elisha and said, what is it that you want? And he said, after being in Bethel and after being in Jericho, here's what I need. I need a double portion. If I'm going to face that mess, if I'm going to deal with that situation, then I'm going to need twice as much as what you've got. Can I tell somebody today, if you stop short, you might miss your anointing. I'll quit. I'll give in. Not working out like I thought. I am preaching to somebody today. Hallelujah. I want a double portion. I want a double portion. When Elisha asked for a double portion of Elisha's spirit, he wasn't merely asking for twice the anointing. He was declaring to be a son of his, for only a son could receive a double portion. And Elijah said, you've asked a hard thing, a hard thing for Elisha, because he's going to put more on his, his shoulders. But he said, if you see me go, if you see me go, then you get my mantle. You go after my mantle. <clears throat> we find that he went up into the heaven and into the cloud. He got his mantle, went back to the Jordan River, and what does he say? 
he says, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And the waters parted just like they did before. Amen. What was the reason? He said, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stick it out. Ten years of service. And then just a few days of walking from Gilgal to Bethel, from Bethel to, to Jericho. That's, I, I, it's worth it. It's worth it. I've watched as people come that short, to their that close to their victory, that close to their double portion, and decide I'm going to exit off here and I'm going to follow off here. And I've got all these sons of the prophets saying, don't you know that the Lord's taking Elijah from you today? I don't care. I want to stay until I get what I need from God. I'm encouraging somebody today. Let your patience be your power. Steadfast, unmovable, praying, believing. Don't give up. Continue in the journey. So what does Elisha do with the mantle and the double portion? First thing he does, he goes right back to Jericho. 2 Kings 2, 19. The men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of the city is pleasant, as my Lord seeth, but the water is naught and the ground barren. Jericho is a pleasant place. It's a good place to live. But the pleasant place had become barren. It had suffered, literally that word means to suffer an abortion. Amen. This city we find represented things that the the enemy comes to poison and kill. Hallelujah. Revelation says it this way. Thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. In Revelation 3 and 1. You know what Elisha said? He said with the mantle stripped across his shoulders, bring me a new cruise and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And he went forth under the spring of waters and cast the salt in and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. How can he do that? Amen. He did it because he realized I now have a double portion. I can say things. I couldn't say before. I can pray for things I couldn't pray before. All because of patience. All because I stayed with it. All because of steadfast endurance. So the waters were healed unto this day according to the saying of Elisha which he spake. Salt speaks of fresh commitment. He took a double portion and a fresh commitment and put it into the poison, and all of a sudden, the waters were healed. I want to tell you, if I'm going to face things, if you're going to face things that we can't stop, we can't change, amen, we better be, be ready to, to receive a double portion so that we can pray what God wants in this world and the waters be healed. The waters be healed. Hallelujah. Don't give up at Jordan or Jericho. The next place you find him is Bethel. So he crossed the Jordan. He goes to Jericho where he had been. And then he goes back to Bethel. Look at verse 23. And he went up from thence unto Bethel. And as he was going up, by the way, there came forth little children out of the city and mocked him and said unto him, Go up, thou bald head. Boy, I could say so much here, but I'm not going to. Go up, thou bald head. 
And he turned back and looked on them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two sheep bears out of the wood and tear forty and two children of them. Here's the moral of the story. Watch what you say about bald men. <laughs> just, just thinking out loud there. So he goes back to Bethel, back to the house of God, one of the places where the Lord recorded his name, Genesis 28. And it had become Beth-Avon, the house of vanity, mischief, and idolatry. The sacred had become dishonored. How sad that a holy God would be dishonored in his holy house. For many years, God was patient with the fallen church in Bethel. Multitudes flocked to worship at the altar of compromise and idolatry. The young men of Bethel mocked the miracles of God, mocked the man of God, mocked him repeatedly. Bethel represents the kind of evil society of our generation and time that we live in. The scoffers and the mockers. While he heals the waters in Jericho that were poisoned, when he gets to Bethel, Bethel he is facing a spirit of defiance like never before. We find that is very real today. If we're intending to have revival in our generation, we're going to have to deal with defiance and mockers and unbelievers. But when we get there, we find that he deals it with, with cursing it and pronouncing judgment upon it. Amen. He could not have done that just a few, few little while before this. He couldn't have done that as, as, as Elijah had brought him there and said, here, take care of this. But when he had the mantle of a double portion on him, he could walk into a place that was mocking and defiant and resistant and backslidden and proclaim the word of God without fear. If, if we're going to do the things that God wants us to do, we got to have some patience. I don't know about you all. But there are things that I'm praying for I want God to do right now. There's people I want to see saved right now. There's people in this jar that need to be saved right now. I believe they can. I said I believe they can. There are situations in your lives you know, I know we're praying about. I believe the Lord can take care of it in a moment. There are battles that you're facing. Every one of you are facing and issues that you want to overcome. And sometimes you're stopping at your Bethel very first time and you look at it and think, what in the world am I going to do this? And you go to your Jericho and what am I going to do with this? Here's what we do is that we just simply walk until we get an anointing from God to step back into that arena. Amen. There are some devils that I don't think we ought to try to fight until we have prayed through into a fresh anointing into a place with God that we could step forward and then begin to, to heal the bitter waters and begin to deal with those kinds of things. But until then, I'm going to follow Elijah. Until then, I'll walk faithful, even when I don't know, even when I don't understand. Why? Because if I hold on to God, the word said, cast not away your confidence because there is going to be a great recompense of reward if I am patient. 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 Whew. Stand with me, please. Paul said, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed in the same image from glory to glory. 
even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We've got to keep going. We've got to keep persevering, keep praying, keep fasting. Hallelujah. Seek in the face of the Lord. We are to be, as Hebrews 12 and 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who set the goal for us? Jesus. Who for the joy that was set before him endured, endured the cross, despising the shame, I walk with you, Lord, because you're always faithful. You know, I don't always understand. I, I said, I don't always understand. How about you? I don't have all this figured out, but I'm going to believe the Lord. I'm going to believe the Lord. When you find the early church, you will find that they were marked by this, this, this statement, and they continued steadfastly. They continued steadfastly. The Acts Church understood the power of patience. Jesus said, continue in my word, then are you my disciples. He said, continue in my love, then you will have joy. He said, abide in me and I in you, and you'll have what you, what you will. But it's about continuing. It's about patience. It's about enduring. It's about walking forward. The Word of God says that we're continuing grace, continuing faith, continuing His goodness, continuing prayer, continuing the things we have learned. Let brotherly love continue. Let patience continue. Romans chapter 2. Let patience continue. Today, I wonder if I may just simply make this call to prayer. And that is... I want to have patience, enduring steadfastly until my promise comes, and it will come. It will come. If you kind of have that desire today after what I preached to you, you just want to just say, okay, one foot in front of another. I don't have to understand. I want to be like Abraham. I'll go not knowing. Lord, I'm going to continue. If you feel what I'm, I'm preaching today, will you step out? Will you step out and come to the altar and just bring your passion <clears throat> Bring your passion and prayer to the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, today. Thank you, Lord, today. I don't feel, but I'll continue. I don't understand, but I'll continue. Haven't got it figured out, but I'll continue. <clears throat> There's power in your patience today. There's power in your perseverance today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we love you. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com